welcome to Blue Royalty, a London's Blue podcast dedicated to the Chelsea women's team. We are back with you today with another episode on another signing. It is another goalkeeper, yes. Five goalkeepers at Chelsea Football Club. Who'd have thought it? What a way to start the summer. Hannah Hampton joining from Aston Villa on a three-year deal. We are going to try today to make a little bit sense of that goalkeeping situation, as well as talking about Hampton more generally, a player who, I guess, Maybe people listening are more familiar than with some some of our other signings. She's obviously been in the WSL and playing for England for her whole career. Um, I am joined today by Josh Pugh, who is, among many other things, a goalkeeper coach at Arsenal Academy because we thought we needed someone who actually knew what they were talking about when it came to goalkeepers. So, Josh, how are you doing? Thank you for coming on the show. I'm good, thanks. Yeah, very, uh, very excited. I also just looked up the weather today. It's going to be 20 something high 20s so I'm excited about that um but yeah very very ready to talk about goalies I'm like in that kind of sort of end of season sort of pre-season so this will do me this will do me good to get thinking about about goalkeeping yeah there we go it's a nice sort of revision slash preparation for, for the season exactly. uh, that's what I want to hear so quick rundown on Hampton as I said joining on a three-year deal from Villa um Hampton said in her joining statement, I'm very excited. It's a massive club. It's an honour to be a part of this and to be able to wear the club's badge. I want to keep improving to help the team however I can. I'd love to win some trophies with the club at the same time. Uh, she also went big in that video, didn't she? Singing Blues of the Colour. She knows how to get the fans wrapped around her little finger, is what I will say. Uh, Emma Hayes said, There is no doubt that Hannah is one of the best young goalkeepers in the world. Her performance has been improving year on year and we have high hopes for her future with us. Paul Green said, Hannah is a very talented goalkeeper and we're delighted to have secured her signature. We look forward to seeing her continue her development in the upcoming years. Um, so I think it's fair to say this is a signing that took people by surprise in terms of Chelsea being linked just because of the goalkeepers that they have at the club. Um, but Josh, I guess something that's interesting here is goalkeeping is a specialist position. It's something where not a lot of good players can be around at the same time. And it feels like this move on Chelsea's part was a sense of, okay, we've got a keeper here who's played 85 times in the league by the time she's 22, which is pretty unusual in terms of goalkeeper development. Um, if she's available for a free, you just sort of go and get her. Yeah, massively. I think like, in, in I know what you're saying about it being a specialist position, but I think in 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 other senses, like if there's a great player who or you think could be really 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 great and they're available, like definitely go and get them. Chelsea are obviously able to like draw top players because that's somewhere that's you know one of the few clubs in the league I suppose where like people want to be. Um, but there's definitely a bit around like I can't I can't imagine for her. Like she's wanting to be a number two for for very long, um. Like maybe it's a couple of years of 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 battling it out. But I think even watching her, like I quite like the the way that England kind of show what the goalies are up to on on YouTube and stuff. Like watching her around that. Like I think obviously Erps is number one in England, but like I reckon she feels like she's not far off it. So I think there's some interesting dynamics at, at play for her um but she's 22 and she's nowhere near like being the best keeper at the best club in the league or the best keeper at one of the top international teams so it's a it's an interesting one um definitely feel like she's she's got loads of stuff that she's really good at but she still has games I suppose where you you don't look at her and think oh yeah like 
finished finished article finished product yeah definitely and i think it actually is a really funny point about um england and erps and and the kind of competition around there because hampton has sort of forced her way in and in there is like a very talented pool of goalies and i think she would probably feel like she she is the number two even though ellie roebuck's there as well but Ellie Roebuck's obviously had a tough couple of seasons, a few injuries, just feels like she's not recaptured sort of the form she had three years ago. And then even though there's sort of Sandy McIver and Emily Ramsey in that sort of England goalie pool, I think Hampton's got, she's got the ego, right? Which is something you see a lot with with goalkeepers. And I think it's funny from a Chelsea perspective because Anne Catherine Berger is like probably one of the most sort of, you know, quiet, softly spoken, determined people. Whereas I think Hampton... You know, well, this is something that maybe we'll talk about a bit. You know, she's had kind of reported problems with uh, maybe really feeling herself a bit too much and that that causing issues in dressing rooms. So I think that's another reason why it feels interesting from a Chelsea perspective to go and get her, because to that extent, she doesn't feel like she really fits Emma Hayes's mould. But we'll talk quickly about her career so far. Um, short, Short broke onto the scene at Birmingham as a teenager in a team that was really, really rubbish. Um, did very well there. Was like very impressive. I think in a yeah in a team where you were expected to do a lot. You know, it's not like for example, if you think of Roebuck and her career breaking through at Manchester City is very impressive at the age she did it. But it's also a very different situation. You know, in terms of like having loads of shots against you versus um, you know having a better defense in front of you. Uh, Hampton gets this move to Villa, sort of off the back of that, um, and again. On the face of it, impresses. But I think there's been ups and downs in that. Um, But ultimately, 107 appearances in total across Birmingham Villa, 22 years old, two England caps as well. How unusual is that for a goalkeeper slash how important is that for a goalkeeper when they're young? Because... You, you rightly said if there's a good player in any position, you go and get them. But obviously something that's that's tough with goalkeeper development is only one can play. Um, so the opportunity to get those senior minutes is is obviously limited slash, you know, sometimes players have to go and drop down a level or move country or whatever or, or find a loan that, that really suits them. Um, when you're assessing goalies, like how important do you feel that experience is for, for a younger goalkeeper? Yeah, big part of it, I think, is like getting the chance to play and play regularly. Um, but similarly, I think that like playing in a playing in a good team is gonna teach you how to do things. And playing in a team that isn't as good is gonna teach you how to do things. Like the example I can think of is like when I was at Palace, there was this kid who like everyone loved. He's brilliant. Joe Whitworth, he's gonna be like if he's not if he don't play for England, that like, that would be a real shock and he's like playing for the junior age groups and there was this stuff like everyone was like really big on the fact that like he has to go out on loan he needs to go to a team where like he's going to get tested and like a team that's not going to dominate the ball and that is going to have to like he's going to have to learn how to like dominate his area and kick really far because like he doesn't do those things when he's playing for you know, like an under 18s team because everything is ball on the floor, really, really neat, and he doesn't really have to make saves. Like, I think there's definitely something in just like I'm the goalie for this team for a season, two seasons, and like I could play badly, they're not going to drop me. I can play really well, everyone's going to praise me. Like, I think there's something in that. Um, I do also think though, like the bit around like confidence, I really like. Like, if I think about some of my favorite keepers that I'm working with now. It's the ones that are like, 
they're like almost arrogant. They're like not quite arrogant, but they're almost arrogant. And that comes out in different ways. Like that could be like, I don't know about, you know, the the like dressing room or like personality stuff is one thing, but like the way that that can come out on the pitch can be really good. So like just staying on the ball until someone comes to put pressure on you and then you just play past them and then you can get out or it's like taking up really confident starting position so that when the ball comes over the top, it's it's not even a contest between like having to race a race a striker to come and to come and sweep up. So I, I definitely value that that trait a lot. Um you asked like how how rare is it that like someone might like I think pretty rare that you're gonna like be be in that position. Like by the time she's pushing 25, 26, she like she'll have so many games behind her. Um and with that comes so many experiences and like you know playing top level like opportunities to reflect on those experiences and like look at how to get better at the stuff that she maybe finds finds hard like I don't think I don't I don't think it's too dissimilar to other positions where it's just like there's you can't really substitute playing like you can train and you can work with great coaches and all of that stuff but like ultimately we judge players in games so we should put players in games yeah, and I think that this element of judging players in games is what's going to be interesting when we look at Chelsea's goalkeeping pool more generally because, okay, let's say maybe one or two of them go on loan. The chances are Chelsea are still going to have three senior goalkeepers next season and there just isn't the same number of games in women's football as there is in men's football. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how many minutes all of them gets and then therefore what we can kind of take from from where they're at. Um, but we are obviously without Abdullah today, um, so I got him to record just a little voice note with his opinion on Hannah Hampton, which you can listen to now. Hello, what's going on, fam? What's what's happening uh, here on the voice note for for this episode? But uh, hey, at least you still get to hear my voice. Hannah Hampton, right? The the signing everybody was waiting for, huh? Um, just, just not, not like, not like we needed any more goalkeepers here. You know, we're really short on quality here. No, but jokes aside, I think, I think Hannah Hansen is. Um, I think it's a good, I think it's a good signing overall. If we're looking at the grand scheme of things and the and the overall picture, I, I do think that signing Hannah Hampton, you know, under the circumstances um, that we did sign her in on. I think is a good deal. I mean, you, you are getting an England international on a free transfer, coming from a club that had a really, really good season last year um, in, in general. And, and you know, they, they, they look like a club on the way up. So to kind of be able to, to pick up, you know, their goalkeeper uh, and, and take her in at Chelsea, I think is, is a good move. You know, I, I think it definitely goes back to the conversation we had uh, Probably a couple of episodes ago, when when we when we kind of touched on the rumors of Hannah Hampton joining, in that I think Chelsea have kind of just given themselves a safety net with with having four keepers, right? You've got AKB, Nikki Evrod, Zichir Musovic, and uh, and now Hannah Hampton. And obviously Emily Orman is there, but I, I think I think it's fair to say that she's probably going to get out on loan and for the next season or two, and 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 you know, we review that later. And I think with these four, Chelsea have kind of given themselves a, a safety net in that AKB's retirement slash time to move on could be in the very near future. If I'm not wrong, she's got a year left on her deal. So you're looking at someone who can 
who's potentially going to leave in, in a season maybe two. And maybe Chelsea aren't entirely sure of the next two goalkeepers that they want. And so I think if they're looking to plan for the next two goalkeepers, you know, for the, for the future of Chelsea, then I think it makes sense. Because in someone like Zichira, she's, she's in her late 20s. You know, she's shown signs of brilliance and, 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 and capability in, in being a Chelsea number one. But I think the, there is maybe still a little bit of time to, to really you know, be convinced of, of her ability. And I think the same thing we have to see with, with Evrod, who's obviously now going to be you know, an hour in and around Chelsea, and there's Hannah Hampton. And I do think that out of the four keepers, I, I think two will go out on loan and, and two will stick around at Chelsea. If you're looking at it from a from a first, if I have to you know, gun to head and, and, and go for it, I think you're keeping Zichira and you're keeping AKB. But I wouldn't be surprised if Hannah Hampton, more so because I I, I think more so because I think maybe just because she's she's in England and and and, and who knows maybe Chelsea see her as a bit more of a higher ceiling than than Nikki Everard, but. You know, maybe she sticks around to kind of just get used to the place and kind of look around and, 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 and understand how Chelsea works. And, I mean, if we're going anything of last season where we had injuries to our goalkeepers, then, and then obviously uh, AKB with the illness that, that kept her up for a while, then maybe it makes sense to, to kind of keep three keepers around and just on the on the chance that, you know, you need to, to rest and you need two quality keepers in at Chelsea. So, um I think there's room to play around over there. But Hannah Hampton being this one to come in and and, and have this opportunity, I think, is, is a really good uh, deal. And so for me, I think I think, I think Hannah's a, a good signing. Um, to me, how can she develop long term, I think, is is maybe a little bit of a question mark. I think there's no there's no doubt that she's got um, she's got decent qualities in being a shot stopper she's obviously kind of you know known a little bit for her distribution although they can be improved as well and I think there is potential for me I think there is a ceiling there I think I think Hannah has probably the highest ceiling of of the players that we have of the goalkeepers that we have potentially but I think while she you know having said that with the higher ceiling I do think that there is a lot more work to be done with Hannah, obviously being so young and, and ha- but but having the experience of, of playing at Villa. Um, I think she needs a, a season or two playing first team football at a higher level around the channel. What I mean by that is I mean around in and around the Champions League, and to be able to be playing against some top quality teams on a consistent basis uh, in in a in a in a tournament like that. And maybe even playing in and around and with quality defenders, you know, like the ones at Chelsea, no disrespect to Villa, but like playing with Millie Bright and, and Kanisha Buchanan is a different different kettle of fish than uh, than probably what she's been used to playing so far, right? So I think I think those factors kind of come into come into into the thinking. Um, yeah, no, but overall, I think it's I think it's a, I think it's a good deal, and and you know we. We have a decent keeper on hands. All right, I'll see you guys soon. So I wanted to talk just 
a bit more generally, I guess, about goalkeeping here, moving on sort of from from Hampton. Um, I think maybe it would be useful to sort of take a step back and think about when you're assessing goalies or watching goalies, what are the kind of things you're looking for? Because I feel like for me, there's sort of three key things that stand out. Um, but I don't know if I'm missing something. I don't know if this is dumb. I don't know if I should be putting more priority on one of these things than the other. But the three things would be shot stopping, distribution, and kind of uh, penalty area aura, like claiming the ball, that kind of thing, um, especially from like dead ball situations. Is that like broadly like how you break goalkeeping coaching down? I guess sort of. There's probably There's probably some... We can get into each of those things. So on the like defending the area stuff, like the England England goalkeeper DNA stuff has changed a little bit over the last few years. I think for the most part, it's got better in terms of thinking about the goalie as like someone who's connected to the rest of the team. Whereas previously it was just like, right, you go over there to goalie land and you can use your hands. That's weird. Whereas now it's a lot more like defend the goal, defend the space, defend the area. Um, and you definitely want, someone to be able to do all of those three things i think what's interesting with something like shot stopping is there are clubs that would like break shot stopping down into like handling diving whereas other clubs would just be like right shot stopping and as long as you keep the ball out of the goal like we're pretty happy with that i think you could you can probably say like the clubs that are getting better keepers at younger ages can probably be a bit more relaxed about not necessarily being too specific with handling and diving and if you're getting a keeper who needs more technical work on like their handling shapes then it's probably better to have a week in your syllabus on handling whereas like where I am now like they can all catch they can all dive so we can just call it shot stopping and we can get some wicked saves um on the distribution thing I think that's probably like the thing that annoys me the most about like when people talk to me about goalies now well that well it's just all with their feet isn't it oh oh it's just all with his feet like well a little bit like a bit of it is but they do still have to make saves like we're not just doing passing patterns with the goalies like they are in the goal and we shoot at them um but i think that the distribution thing is it's particularly interesting when you start thinking about like does a team have a playing style that they want to implement and if they do then there are particular passes that you'll want that keeper to play so like from from what I've seen of Hannah Hampton, like she's pretty good at that kind of clip over the winger to the fullback, like into the fullback's path who can then take a big touch and and, and travel out. Um, so like that's, that then becomes something that a te- like that Chelsea can use if she's playing for Chelsea, like they could drop the centre backs, encourage that pressure from the, from the front line. And then she can just put it over their head, like stuff like that. You definitely would, would be a big part of what you're judging someone because like you're asking them to do specific things. Like if she can't play that pass, that's not a way that Chelsea can get out of pressure. Um, yeah, I think the, I think the the bit around like, like those three things, like you could divvy up a little bit more like different, like clubs have been at previously syllabus might be handling, diving one V ones, dealing with crosses, distribution with hands, distribution with feet. That could be your like six week syllabus. Whereas other places now, like again with the kind of moving on to where like England goalkeeper coaching wants to be like it's more I'd say let's have something where we have to defend let's have something where we have to attack 
Um, and it could be defending the goal, could be defending the area, could be like a, a practice where the keeper starts pretty much on the edge of the box, balls get played over and they've just got to defend space and, and, and sweep up. Um, so all of that, all of that stuff is is there. Those three things, like if those are the things that you're looking for, you judge keepers that like, I wouldn't change that. Um, but I think they're probably working on a couple of more like maybe specific actions, specific moments within within those three. And I guess then also something that kind of comes off that when we're talking about, you know, teaching and coaching and, and breaking down those things into smaller actions is there's this interesting notion that I feel sometimes we get, again, when we talk about goalkeepers, where they're very fixed or they seem to be thought of as more fixed in their ability than say other positions on the pitch, whereby it'd be much more common, I feel, to be like, well, she's not very good at doing this, but, you know, that's something that that you'd hope they'd improve, where it almost feels like goalkeepers are more... The assumption, I think, is sometimes there's more... that natural talent has a bigger bearing than potentially other positions on the pitch. Do you think that's fair? And how... What kinds of mm, improvement curves... Do you feel like you can see or look for in in terms of goalkeepers, especially I think when they're going to maybe bigger clubs or places which are going to do more specialist coaching? Because obviously in the the women's game, as opposed to sort of you know like a men's academy system, there's there's going to be a point whereby these keepers might not have had specialist goalkeeping coaches until they were you know sixteen, twenty, twenty five even. Sure. Yeah, I think I I I'd definitely push back against the idea that like goalies can't improve. In the same way that, or that, or that, keepers have keepers have like a kind of ceiling for their like kind of natural talent in a way that outfield players don't. Like you can you can really 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 get better as a keeper through practice, through coaching, and through playing. Um, and yeah, like the I suppose the bit around your like attributes, I think really really vary club to club. And like the stuff that you're being asked to do somewhere could be different to what you're being asked to do somewhere else. And you might have a side to your game that you just don't really show because you're, I don't know, your your team doesn't really have the ball very much or like your centre-backs aren't very good at playing out under pressure. So, you know, if you're in a first team environment, the coach is saying, please don't bars it short. We're going to lose the ball. The other team going to score um, in a way that like, yeah, if you're in a, if you're somewhere where you're, you, you either your like focus is on developing. So if you lose the ball and they score, we don't care, do it again. Or if you're somewhere where you can play out and be under pressure and the players can, can deal with it um, and go from there. Like, I suppose the bit around where, where that curve is, that's really interesting. Like I, I work in academy football, so I'm working with between like eight year olds and 16 year olds. Um, and like the, the jump happens at different points for everyone. Like the big thing, I suppose, with with goalkeepers is like you're looking at when their growth spurt growth spurt's gonna be. You are with other players, but with keepers, it seems to be a really big thing because you've got like coordination is such a big part of it. Um and so now and again they'll like and I've heard the same stuff at the girls' academy, they'll be like, How tall their parents? How tall <laughs> their parents? Are we gonna sign them? How tall like how tall their parents? Which is like just funny. Because you could obviously an eight-year-old or a nine-year-old is tiny. <laughs> not going to matter until they're yeah, 16, 16, 17. But the 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 rate at which they develop 
and the age at which they develop can can really really vary and i think that's where you've got to be patient and like just because someone i don't know like if we talk about hannah hampton like i'd be really surprised if hannah hampton was kicking the ball past the halfway line before the age of i don't know late late mid late teens like i that just would really really surprise me whereas now like if you look at the way she kicks a ball like she clearly hasn't got any issues there. They probably just worked with her on her technique, her technique. And then as she's grown and she's got stronger and bigger, like that, that becomes an easier thing, easier thing for her to do. Um, so I suppose the, the bit around development is, is crucial. Like for me, like I would value that over winning over results at probably every stage, but that's just my like personal opinion. I get that. Like if you're playing for a first team, like results really, really matter. Um, but the, the, the way that you go about your development is so related to the environment that you're in. And like, if you're, if you're somewhere where you are told and like, you're reassured that, you know, we want you to get better. We can see you're struggling with this. We're going to help you with it. I think that's, I think that's massive. Yeah. And I think that that's something that's really interesting about Chelsea's recruitment around this, because, um, Hannah at Double Nutmegs tweeted when this came out being like, you know, we can kind of laugh or I'm paraphrasing. So, but, you know, like we can look at Chelsea's goalies um, and say, why have Chelsea signed so many goalies? But it also reflects kind of badly on WSL teams, because why do this many goalkeepers want to come and play at, at Chelsea? Like kind of what Chelsea offering? And I think that's interesting when you're talking about environment as well. And I actually think um, Anne Catherine Berger's a really interesting example and I, I'd be intrigued to know I mean of, of course I can't know but you know how much her development has influenced players like Nikki Everard like Hannah Hampton who, who've come and signed for Chelsea even though there's a lot of competition because I mean Hannah Hampton came through at Birmingham because Anne Katrenberger went to Chelsea um, and she's gone from being sort of a backup goalie at PSG in her mid-20s to being seen as one of the best in the world and it feels on the one hand I think you know AKB is clearly an incredible shot stopper. Um, but it also feels like non-coincidental that that's really like happened to her when she's been at a club that really, you know, prioritises goalkeeper development. Like Chelsea's head of technical development, Stuart Searle, is their goalkeeper coach. Um, so I think that's obviously something that's really been central to the club. Um, and I think that's why, you know, you see from the players' perspective why they're interested in coming. Um, something that's been talked about around Hampton and I think is part of, why this deal was kind of so easy for Chelsea to do is that Hampton seems very happy to go out on loan, um, which is maybe surprising given the the context that, you know, she's been a, a starter in WSL club for like the past five seasons or something. Um, but she seems to be aware that, you know, she's not coming in and expecting to start Chelsea, which I think is refreshing given <laughs> that apparently she's got a really bad attitude. Um, but when you're thinking about loans for keepers, uh, what kind of stuff... Are you looking for or thinking about in terms of finding somewhere that they're going to be a good fit? I guess the first thing is like that they're going to play first of all. Yeah, I think so. Like, like I said, like I think playing playing games is just it's the best thing for for anyone's development. I think you've probably got probably where there's maybe a bit of a discrepancy is like what the player wants and and what the club wants. So if if I'm Chelsea and I'm looking to send Hannah Hampton somewhere, I want to send her somewhere where the playing style, where they're going to try and implement a playing style that is similar to what Chelsea are trying to implement, 
But if I'm if I'm if I'm Hannah Hampton, I probably want to go somewhere where I'm going to get to do the stuff that I like doing, or where I'm going to get to work on things that I think I need work on away from, you know, being being Chelsea keeper. Like that's a big job, like with a little bit less pressure on me. So that if I get things wrong, that's not as big of a an issue. Like I don't know. Question back to you. Like what what do you think? Chelsea are asking of their goalkeepers and if Hannah Hampton was to play for Chelsea like what would they want her to be good at yeah well I think if we go back to sort of those three broad categories of um how I would think about goalkeepers I think Hannah Hampton's the one she obviously wins at is distribution I think clearly she's a fantastic distributor of the ball um I think that's why England like her so much um she's just obviously a very technical player and I kind of think it's interesting that she grew up playing as a striker in Spain I feel like that (laughs) tells you a lot maybe about where she's got to where she is but that being said I think her shot stopping is meh like it's not great um, and I think her command of a penalty area and, and kind of claiming balls in the air is, is something that's okay, um, but like definitely could be improved. I think of the, the penalty area stuff I worry less about because I feel like that to me makes more sense as like a coaching thing, whereas the shot stopping sometimes I'm just like, oh, like you just, even though we've literally just talked about how these all these things can be coached, there's still like that bit in my head that goes, oh, like her reflexes. Yeah, yeah. So on on that, sorry to interrupt. On on that bit, like, let's send Han. Let if we if you and I run in Chelsea, then let's send Hannah Hampton somewhere where she's got to face loads of shots, and the opposition are going to cross the ball loads. Like that's the stuff that she needs loads of practice at. And now and again, she'll get the chance to clip those really nice passes out to the fullback or drive that really like she's got that like low driven pass into midfield. But like, I, I suppose like we we want to <laughs> weirdly we want to probably at a team like worse than Aston Villa. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Who are yeah. going to have to, who aren't going to be able to implement their playing styles as easily. Um, and so she's going to have to, she's going to have to do all, all of that stuff. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it's interesting. The sort of club that seems to be most interested is Brighton. And I feel like that's probably like a good sort of halfway house on both these things. Like, I mean, Brighton were an awful team defensively last year, but I think they'll be better this year. They probably want to play in a way that, you know, they aspire to play, be a bit more of a ball-playing side, I suspect. So she'll probably get the opportunity to do um, the distribution stuff, but they're not suddenly going to become an incredible defensive team overnight, so she'll probably still have to have to face a load of shots. On that bit you said about, like, reflexes versus coaching shot-stopping, like, this is just, I suppose, where she, I think she's probably still young enough where like she can really really get better at that I think the the like the bit you said about Chelsea like valuing goalkeeper development and like the, the bits tied in with the the coaching and the technical director and stuff like that's clearly crucial like if she was 12 there's probably no better place for her to be but she's I think she's still yeah maybe it's just like that's just my personal opinion and I'm also like coaching adults and I think that you can get better if you're in your mid-30s but the the bit around like learning the shapes and the different like being able to move her hands quickly and all all those things I think I think she can still get get better at that yeah and I think I think Chelsea will feel like they they've seen enough to 
to justify and, and, and think that. Um, let's just take another quick ad break and then we'll come back and we'll talk a bit more about how Hampton fits in with the other Chelsea goalkeepers. So just to kind of like finish off, I, I want to talk about the sheer number of goalkeepers that are at Chelsea at the moment. Um, it it does feel like an unprecedented, unprecedented situation in sort of senior football, whether you're looking on the men's side or the women's side to have uh, sort of five senior goalkeepers floating around before the season's even begun um, and with no clear idea of exactly who's going where or doing what. Um, so I think it's fair to say Chelsea have one elite goalkeeper in, at Katrin, in Anne Katrinberger, two OK goalkeepers in Jatira Musevic and Hannah Hampton, one unproven goalkeeper in Nicky Everard, who obviously joined or has just joined but was signed in January from uh, Belgium, and then one academy keeper in Emily Orman. Um, so I think Emily Orman, we can like get out of this pile because I, it's fun to include us. So we say we've got five goalkeepers, but I think she'll clearly go on loan and I will be surprised if she ends up at Chelsea because I just don't, like long term, I just don't think Chelsea will be signing Hannah Hampton if they thought Emily Orman was going to be the next big thing. Um, we've obviously talked about Hampton and what she's sort of thinking and we know she's over to this loan move. So she's obviously like, fine, I'm, I'm not interested in like competing here right now. Like that's not what I want to do. I want to prioritise my development. But then you've got two keepers in, in Nikki Everard, who's, she's, this is a very interesting one, I guess, also from, from the same kind of stuff that we've been talking about around Hannah Hampton, but she's just that much older. So she's 27, 28 years old, um, has sort of played in the Dutch, Belgian leagues forever, had this breakout tournament at the Euros where she won, I think she won like goalkeeper of the tournament for Belgium. Um, and seemingly then got into the, like, Wolfsburg and Chelsea then just had this fight to sign her. Um, and Chelsea ended up with her. But we're in this weird position where, like, this is a goalkeeper who basically it feels like everyone's judging on a sample size of about six to ten games. Um, has never, like, played in a, like, properly professional league. Um, and is also at an age where presumably she wants to play and wants to compete right now. Um, so thinking about someone like Everard, Josh, what... <laughs> What do you think she's like looking to get out of coming to Chelsea, given that, you know, even on the face of it, even before the Hannah Hampton signing, you would assume she'd sort of be third in the pecking order below AKB, who's obviously the starting goalkeeper, and Zahira Musevic, who like did 50% of the minutes last season? Yeah, it's hard to say, really. I, I, I honestly, I give up trying to work out what is in goalkeepers' heads. Like, I do, I do think there's something very <laughs> real about the, like, you've got to be a bit, like, most goalies are like a bit, weird or a bit funny or like that like, I do think there's something in that like when I think about some of the players that I'm coaching who play there like can't can't work out some of those decisions <laughs> I suppose for for her there's a bit around like being at Chelsea like I think that presumably there's a bit in every professional footballer that thinks like I can go anywhere and affect that set up in in some way that might not be playing every single game but like I imagine she feels like being around that environment that she can add value um and like within training within all of all of the things that you that you do when you're not a first choice keeper like I think there's I think more and more like that like is being recognized as quite a useful and like potentially valuable role that someone can play like if you find if you find yourself like a good someone who's happy with their role but can step in when when needed um like i think that's quite a unique set of 
I don't know, like the FA, the you know, court, like four or five corner model, like that's quite a unique, like social and psychological character to to try and do that. Given that you've got to have that bit of Hannah Hampton in you, which is like, I'm the best player here. What are you talking about? You're all, you're all, how can you not pick me? Um, so I imagine there's there's a there's a little bit of that, but probably like like you said before, like that's somewhere that she'll go and she'll develop and get better. And that's like I think that's a big that's a big draw for anyone and probably is quite underrated I think when it comes to like top top tier like elite elite football is like I think all players still just want to get better and know that they're developing um and that could that can look like different things for different players and at different clubs but I'd imagine it's a combination of those things but I don't know I don't know yeah I I think that that makes sense and I think it is easy to to kind of look at it from Chelsea's perspective and be like, why why are you interested in these players? But I think from the player perspective, it makes way more sense. Like she's probably getting, you know, earning potentially more than double than what she's ever earned at a club before. She's probably going to have a higher level of coaching than she's ever had at a club before. So I can kind of see from her perspective why she would want to come. I think from Chelsea's perspective, where I've sort of got to with this is... I feel like at the club, there's either a feeling that AKB won't play forever or a feeling that AKB's distribution, which is obviously we've been talking about with Hampton, maybe isn't the level Chelsea would want it to be in order to play the way that they want to play. Because I think, you know, almost the opposite of Hampton, AKB's good in the air and amazing shot stopper, but not always the best with her feet. My kind of working theory on this has become... So Chelsea have one elite goalkeeper in AKB and then they've got three keepers now and they're basically going to give them one season, two seasons and see who becomes the best. And that they've got, they feel like they've got the squad space, the money, the time to like try and develop three goalkeepers in Musovic, Everard and Hampton and see which one comes out on top. In terms of how that practically works though, given that we've we've talked about how important like game time is in assessing goalkeepers. Do you think that's like a reasonable thing for, for Chelsea to attempt to do? Do you think that like works with having that many keepers around, even if obviously one of them in Hampton's case goes on loan? I think that's an interesting question about whether it's reasonable. Like I think there's, there's probably bigger, bigger questions there, aren't there about like budgets and like what different clubs are, just capable of offering offering players um like yeah I, I suppose like from like my personal like ideological perspective I'd rather like loads of top keepers are playing for loads of top teams um I think it's like a a, a reasonable plan I suppose like I, I think it makes sense to have a succession plan for someone that you think might not you know not going to play for another decade like definitely definitely makes sense from that perspective i do like the idea of having like a few options who you think are good at different things and you can basically put your like put your syllabus and put your coach into the test and you can say like we're going to put them through similar kinds of programs they might have like different individual development plans but there might be specific things that they each have to work on but you can say like right we want one of you to be we want one of you to start the first game of the 2025 2026 or 26 27 season like in order for you to do that here's here's what you're going to have to be able to do and you know kind of like joker in the dark night snap the cue like 
tryouts type type energy um so yeah i mean i like to, to bring it back to Hanampton, like if i'm if i'm her i'm excited about about that prospect um and that can yeah games elsewhere but like coaching uh in in the summer she's getting loads of she's in every england squad right like she's getting all that all that contact time as well um and those experiences like i think that's a pretty it's a pretty good place to be from from a development perspective she's got games behind her so that bit of like pedigree um plus england like i think she's walking in there in a in a pretty good position yeah definitely it is kind of wild as well when you think about the sort of like national team um pedigree that that chelsea have in terms of um okay akb doesn't start for germany all the time but she probably could to be honest uh Zatira Musevic should start for Sweden at the World Cup Nikki Everard plays for Belgium and Hannah Hampton is, is England's number two so yeah for all that I think people have like slight question marks around um Musevic and Everard I guess especially and maybe Hannah Hampton uh less so there's there's obviously it maybe just tells you also about like the quality and depth of goalkeeping that's available when all of these players that have like really important roles in their in their international teams and it's just sort of a reminder that you know it's it is a position like that's still being developed and I actually think it's really interesting what you're saying Josh in terms of you know having an opportunity for Chelsea to sort of test their their coaching and be like you know what I'm hearing is like this is the start of like a goalkeeper laboratory and Chelsea are going to create robo goalkeepers for the next 20 years yeah I mean it could well be that bit of a scary prospect but I wouldn't (laughs) rule it out I think the other bit that we haven't really mentioned is like they might be bringing Hannah Hampton in to say to the other two like come on like we're not convinced and we've got we've got someone else who we're going to chuck in the mix who we think has the potential to be like the same if not better than if not better than you um and I think that's where the like the psychological stuff like at Arsenal we call it champion mentality just the like general resilience like what what how do you respond in 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 those sorts of moments and like you know players in their 20s like you you need that it's tough being a goalie like if you can't handle potentially someone coming in to to play ahead of you how are you going to deal with I don't know scoring an own goal or like that that one that she had in uh who when she was was she playing for England when like no that was Eddie Roebuck I'm getting confused I'm getting my England goalies confused but like that bit of like I don't know this this isn't going swimmingly and it's not going to be smooth and if you want to be a professional goalie for a long time like you might have to deal with some stuff that you're not that you didn't have in your I don't know in your dream dream trajectory as a as a player Mm, yeah yeah well there's lots to keep an eye on there that will pretty much wrap us up for today so Josh thank you for coming on this has been very illuminating pleasure anytime (laughs) all right we will be back with you next week chelsea fans with some world cup previews some chelsea player focused world cup previews so you can make sure you know exactly who and when you need to be watching to see all the chelsea players at the world cup they all are landing i think um sort of today and yesterday um so yeah we'll be back next week thanks for listening till then chelsea fans you know what to do keep the blue flag flying high